You just think we just, you know, whatever happens, we just shit another player. I, and everything's going to be perfect. All of our fans think that. You all think that. That's what you write about. You don't want to be here. There's a specific reason. Not really, you know, I, I think we did a poor job recruiting. If guys are coming in and immediately walking out the door because it was something different than what they thought it would be. And we lied to them during recruiting or we, we sold them on a dream that wasn't true. Yeah, you know, right now uh, we have the atmosphere of a, of a J.C. softball game. You know, I mean, that's what we are, J.C. softball team. As long as, you know... Uh, it's 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 not whether you win or lose. It's like who, the, the the team that wins is the one that has the most fun. You know that crap like that. You know all this stuff that's contaminated America, where they give every kid a trophy and they don't keep scoring little league anymore. Is we want to be a big, fast, dominating, aggressive, relentless football team that nobody in the SEC wants to play. Nah, that's also a second in the West, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> Winning the SEC probably is harder than winning the national championship. Do you know that? Well, how about the fucking dogs? Turn that damn you Hey buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the Pirate, and the Pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State. Welcome in to the latest episode of That SEC Podcast, presented by my bookie. I'm your host, Michael Bretton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, having a good time over here, buddy. Getting ready for this weekend. Getting ready for some SEC action. How you doing? Uh-huh. Oh, man. Doing fantastic. Oh, wait. Let me get a little nurse sip here. <laughs> I'm uh, nursing a bearded iris craft beer over here, so I'm feeling good. Ready to make some picks, but... Oh, I went to the voodoo, man. I'm back on the IPAs. Uh, it, it, when I when I was drinking those, we were undefeated. So mm-hmm. I, I think I figured out where I messed up. So <laughs> um, they taste terrible. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you do anything for your university. So that's what I'm doing. Oh, wait, before we get to our picks here, Shane, last time I checked, you said you told me, I believe this was off air, that you were going to go on a hike. And uh, right before we hopped on, you said you had a pretty cool little story to share. So, yeah. Shane, story time. You fill us in on what happened. So, all right. The, all, as the listeners know, I, I, I try to get healthy. That's that's what it is, Mike. Um, I don't know if we're letting the cat out of the bag, but me and Mike plan on taking this show to the television next year. TV, they'll add about 20 pounds, but I got to justify a few more than that. So, I've been trying to get... I've been trying to get uh, a TV shape, if you will, Mike. And uh, It's like that old Tommy Boy movie. The camera adds a couple hundred pounds. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway, man, I'm killing it, right? I, I'm training all, all, all week to do these hikes. And uh, this trail is really important to me because it's a trail that I did about three years ago. I wasn't able to finish it. I, I went and I started halfway up it. I got to pretty close to the top and then all of a sudden man my my stomach started cramping up and buddy it was bad and let's just needless to say that 
that one hour in hike became a, you know, two, three hour hike back because I could just <laughs> pee and walk the entire time. All right. It was, it was bad, bad news. It, and it's haunted me because I, I, I've just, I, I've just wanted to complete this trail. So, all right. So I'm setting the stage. Here I go. I'm solo uh, for the first time and I'm going down, I'm going down this trail. Right. So I'm about 30, 40 yards into this thing. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> my stomach, man, just said, hey, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and I went full salute. All right. I cannot move. My stomach is, I've got a nervous stomach. I've told you guys in the past, man, like it, even when I was a kid, hide and go seek, I'd find me a good spot. I'd be in there. And then all of a sudden I start thinking about stuff. And then my stomach just gets upset. I just... Right before a football game, my stomach gets upset. You know, it's just I'm sure there's a uh, I'm sure there's some sort of diagnosis out there, and there's probably pills I should be taking for it. But that's just who I am. So, and I think I got worked up going onto this trail. So again, here I am, 30 yards into this thing, full salute, sweating my ass off. All right, I just started this thing. My face is white as a ghost. All right, <laughs> which is okay. I'm in the woods. I'm by myself, but I'm not by myself. About that time, here comes this 50-year-old lady. I mean, that's approximately 50-year-old lady coming over the hill. And all she sees... <laughs> all she sees is this big-ass guy just sitting there, <laughs> not moving, sweating. She knows I'm 30 yards into this thing. I shouldn't be sweating. She just feels... I, I had that feeling... And I'm trying not to be creepy. You know what I'm saying? Right. And and I, and I think she just feels like she just entered, like, my killing zone or something, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, she just thought she was on a, one of those Dateline episodes all of a sudden. And uh, there's Shade with his toboggan on, sweating, and, and sitting there acting like... Just like a deer in headlights. And so I start yelling. I say, hey! I was like... Uh, so I'm trying not to be creepy, you know, and I'm like, oh, I just saw some deer going down there. And what's so funny is like this bush that I'm in is so thick. Like there's tree, there's no way I could have saw any deer. And I think she knew that. And she just, she just power walked right by me. And it was like, because it was so congested, like we literally have like, we, I had to move a little bit out of her way so that she could go around. It was just a top part of the trail. So needless to say, um, I, I, I was, I was, I was worried that I'd see park rangers, you know, I'm sure they've got some flyers out now, you know, watch out for this creepo, <laughs> but this, this thing finally, it, it finally went away and, uh, and I got onto the trail and, and needless to say, long story short, Mike, I, I was able to conquer this thing. Uh, it wasn't near as bad as I remember. I, in my mind, I was thinking it was, it was like my Mount Everest and, and apparently it wasn't. It's was the least amount of elevation I've done since I've been doing hiking. I was just in really, really bad shape back then. So, uh, I was able to knock this trail out and, uh, needless to say, I, I, I just, I know she, if she's listening, I'm sorry. I was just weird, but, uh, <laughs> uh, it, it wasn't you. It was me. <laughs> so that's my hiking trip. Uh, hiking story man it's always never a dull moment with cousin shane man yeah i never have anything quite like that but uh man that's an experience i'm just glad you made it back okay and dude i was uh, the, the the real question is was were there any sacrifices made up there dude i i thought i was a sacrifice man i was at i was like defcon four there for a second man i was saying you know like when it's real bad and you're saying prayers like oh god i'll never eat taquitos again you know? <laughs> 
that was me. And then I just, you should have seen the look on her face, man. It was like, she, like I said, it was like, I was thinking, I was Jason there for a second, you know? And, and I was like, no, no, I don't have a knife, you know? <laughs> I swear, <laughs> I'm not a creep, so... Anyway, um, uh, great. It was a great hike. No sacrifices, but uh, I, I think uh, what would we sacrifice? I'd raise it. Every, every, I did have a few pe- people ask me if I saw any up there, but I didn't see any. You take a hog up uh, there and, and have a yeah, spit up there, whatever it's called. And <laughs> that's right. Well, I did have barbecue later, so I guess in a roundabout way, I did. I did a little bit of a sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shane. So great story. I'm ready to make some picks. How about you, buddy? Yes, sir. Gambling? Who say anything about gambling? It's not gambling when you know you're going to win. Not only am I picking Toledo to cover, I'm picking Toledo to win outright. Cash will kick your ass, me. heard you say that. <laughs> that, that well, he kicked my ass regardless. <laughs> exactly. Think. They're going to beat the brakes off Miami. You watch it. Mike, if Florida wins this damn game, I will sing the fight song Monday. <laughs> <laughs> It ain't happening, brother. Yeah, orange and blue, waving forever. Forever pride, old Florida. May she droop now. I, I forgot to hit record, so you got to do that again. Are you shitting me? No, I'm recording it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this week, Shane, like I mentioned, we only got four games. And believe it or not, there's not a noon game. It's going to be weird. I don't know why they stack up. It's unfortunate. They did both these. uh, There's two games on at uh, 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central, and then two night games. One's at 6 or 7, and the other one's at 7.30. So we're going to hold off on the Florida-Georgia one game of the week. So let's start with the other 3.30 kick, 2.30 Central on the SEC Network, Vanderbilt at Mississippi State. And according to my bookie, Shane, we got this game at Mississippi State favored by 19 points. The Bulldogs have won seven of the last eight over Vanderbilt. They lead the all-time series 13-7-2. Who do you like in this matchup? Mm, Tricky game, Mike. Tricky game because here you got two schools that really need a victory. Something we talked about yesterday. Uh, I mean, these – these coaches are back. Their backs against the wall. Coach Mason, he, he's looking at an opportunity to, you know, not only get his first SEC win, but you know, on the other side of the coin, you could say it's his last chance to 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 get an SEC win. Mm-hmm. And Mississippi State, I man, you talk about a program that's spiraling, buddy. It, it's spiraling, and, and you know, the, a lot of these kids jump ship, and you know, the pirate, he's he's taking on water. This boat's going down, and we just don't know if he's going to be able to get to the shore or not. And uh, I I think what a lot of folks are overlooking is just the competition that Mississippi State has faced. You're talking about an Alabama team that has destroyed everybody. Nick Saban is is the is one of the worst ones to go against if you're in a new program trying to get break in a freshman quarterback and and it felt like they took advantage of that um Vanderbilt I'm a little disappointed what I saw last week that you know the quarterback can only do so much he needs more weapons he needs more from the defense and um I just don't see that happening this week so 
I, I think Mississippi State gets back on track. 19 points. Is that where this spread's at still? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's a that's a wide margin. And it's tough for me to predict because you're looking at a team that's not been able to put 19 points up in three weeks. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, a, it's tough. But it also feels like one of those games that they finally have that aha moment and they get back on track. I expect a lot of yards being thrown. I, I expect multiple t- uh, touchdowns being scored in this thing. And Vanderbilt just doesn't have the weapons to keep up. So I'm going to go Mississippi State Bulldogs with the victory and covering the spread, 35, Vanderbilt, 14. All right, Shane, I like a lot of what you had to say. And I've not even heard official confirmation on who's going to play quarterback for Mississippi State. It's going to be K.J. Costello, who got knocked out of that Alabama game, certainly looked like he had a concussion. I don't know if they Mm -hmm. officially announced that, but – Will Rogers, the true freshman, is he going to be the guy? So it's it's tough to make a prediction for one of these games when we don't even know who the quarterback is. But I think at the same time, Mississippi State fans will tell you the offense looks a little bit smoother with the true freshman back there. So mm-hmm. this might be a scenario where the backup plays, but you kind of want that, you know, where K.J. Costello, even if he is healthy enough, and I, I hope he is for his sake, but may he need some time to sit on the bench and just kind of you know, slow down a little bit because it just seems like whenever disaster strikes or maybe disaster is too harsh a word, but something goes wrong in the game, it just seems to snowball. And I think he's just, I don't know what the right word is here, but it's just, there's something wrong there with KJ Costello. I think he just needs a breather. Go out there. Let's let turn this thing over to Will Rogers. If he doesn't, if he can't get you a win against Vanderbilt, then you go back to KJ Costello, but I think you got to turn mm-hmm. this thing over to Will Rogers. So I'm right there with you. I think Mississippi State is going to get the win, and I know I spent most of this time talking about the quarterbacks, but I'm giving this one to the Mississippi State defense because I think that is the strongest unit in this entire matchup. I know Ken Seals is coming on for Vanderbilt, so I think this will be, you know, fairly competitive. But when you're talking about a really good defense going up against a true freshman quarterback. And I want to, you know, credit the Commodores. I don't think they're quitting on their coach. I just think that they're undermanned. They don't have the talent. I was watching back the Ole Miss game and it was just, you know, they had a punt that was four yards. (laughs) (laughs) And then Ole Miss turns around and throws a bomb on them, scores a touchdown immediately. I mean, just a little stupid thing like that where you're just a, a punt off the side of your foot results in a Mississippi, uh, Ole Miss touchdown right off the bat. I mean, that that game was just a disaster for Vanderbilt, and I think they can avoid that. They, they, they're they not good enough to, you know, have these errors, but it's not that much to ask to just, you know, not have the damn ball go off the side of your foot, but that was just a microcosm of that damn game. So I think they get mm-hmm. that cleaned up. I think they play a lot better, but, of course, I'm with you. I got Mississippi State winning – but unlike you, I'm going Vanderbilt to cover. I think this is going to be a fairly low-scoring game. I'm going Mississippi State 24, Vanderbilt 13. And if we don't get this one, <laughs> I'm not firing the Pirate, but uh, we may be looking at you know, a Chad Morris scenario here where I know we just fired Joe Moorhead after two years, but uh, I don't know. We – we we can't have this. This is Mississippi State no. is is a better program than this. 
sorry. Yes, I agree with you. Sorry, I'll drink to that. I had to drink. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you you talk about these programs, it makes you want to drink a little bit. (laughs) These these boys, they they both need a victory. Man, I I think I think Vandy's gonna. I think they're gonna be bringing it. I really do. Of course, I said that last week. It's just, I don't know. I think they I think they pair up a little bit better with Mississippi State than they did Ole Miss. So Mm -hmm. it would not surprise me if this is a closer game than than what we're calling. All right, Shane, let's kick it over to the first night game on ESPN, 7 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Central. Texas. What the hell? We, real quick, what the hell are we supposed to watch at noon? That's when I, that's why I said there's no noon games. I know that, but it's just, why Why not? Why, why wouldn't they have that Vanderbilt game at noon? That makes no sense. It's, it's stupid. I know. So now i got to wait till 3.30 to watch real football? Mm-hmm. You're going to have that fake football on until then? <laughs> Jeez. All right. Sorry. Who thought that? I just, I, that makes no sense. I can understand if it was like a holiday and there's a, like a parade at 12 and everybody, you know. Right. And I mean, and no, like you're kind of saying, no disrespect to Vanderbilt or Mississippi State, but, you know, you got Florida Georgia on. Who in the hell is going to watch Vanderbilt, Mississippi State? You know, you might as well get as many eyeballs on it while you can at noon. Exactly. That makes no sense. All right. But uh, we got other games here, Shane. So Texas A&M. <laughs> <laughs> At South Carolina, Aggies favored by 10 on the road. Texas A&M 6-0 all-time against South Carolina. The winner gets the Bonham Trophy. I assume <laughs> named after John Bonham, the uh, drummer for Led Zeppelin. But uh, who do you like in this matchup, Shane? <laughs> All right, Mike. I, I'm looking at these games. I'm looking at these teams. And something you brought up yesterday was must champ, must win. Mm-hmm. Texas A&M, not a big deal. And it kind of did. It did resonate a little bit. You know, I do these hikes and, and I think about these games and, and I think about just the pulse. And one thing that we're that we're kind of taking for granted is is home field advantage. And I know that sounds crazy when you've got twenty five thousand fans there, but it seems like it really helps Texas A and M when they're at home and it and it kind of hurts them when they're on the road. I'm not saying that like the Mississippi State game was bad, but it wasn't it wasn't exciting it wasn't it, it wasn't anything like what we saw last week mm-hmm. you look at south carolina when they had auburn at home it, they they played them really tough tennessee at home they played them really tough so I, I think there's a lot of people are taking for granted this home field advantage and and i think it is an advantage playing at night in south carolina you see hill uh coming out talking about shutting the noise out you know he's tuned down that sec podcast doesn't want to hear these talking heads <laughs> talk about his you know, five knee surgeries, but, uh, the, the, there's, there's a lot of upset fans over there. They're, they're wanting a shorter leash on the quarterback. There's a lot of them wanting to see more from, from the other guys would not surprise me if you don't see maybe a little, little Doty out there action or them getting back to their roots of running the ball and playing tough physical defense and make things difficult on Caleb on something they didn't do with LSU. Hmm. There was no there was no ears pinned back, no blitzes drawn up, and I think it cost him a game. So I'm fully expecting Muschamp to get out here and, and try to rattle Mon because you cannot let him have all day to throw. But fact of the matter is Texas A&M's got a fantastic offensive line. They got a fantastic balanced running attack. They've uh, Kellen has say what you want. I, I've been a I've been a doubter of Kellen Mon for about three years now, and it feels like there is a little bit of improvement back there. So I think 
this is going to be a hell of a game. And I almost wanted to pick the upset. I really did. I almost thought South Car- I could just see them going to South Carolina and losing this thing. But Texas A&M, they're, they're coming into form. And I, I, I just think they have shown that they can win even the close, tough games. And that's why I've got them uh, beating South Carolina – but not covering the spread. I think it's going to be a close game. Texas A&M 31, South Carolina 28. Ooh. Well, Shane, I think you make yeah. some good points there. I think you're pretty – you almost nailed it perfectly. I'll, I'll, re- I'll reveal my score here in a moment. But, you know, the one thing that we've seen so far, I know it's kind of early and it's hard to tell because we've not had a ton of bye weeks and some of them have come co- – Oh, because of COVID and all this, but certainly looks like the teams that are that have two weeks to prepare this ten game SEC slate really coming out playing some good football. We've seen some upsets. We've certainly seen some covering of the spread. I mean, look, we were worried about Florida taking all this time off going into Missouri game. It looked like it just recharged their battery. So mm-hmm. I think South Carolina is going to come into this one with a renewed sense of energy they've had you know a couple weeks to stew on what happened to them to LSU I think we get a lot better performance here like you said at home I think that helps I think Colin Hill he'll get going I don't think he's going to have two bad back-to-back performances here now it is an issue he doesn't have a ton of guys to throw the ball to but of course we got Jalen Brooks eligible now this will be his second game I believe in the lineup so you know he's only going to get better now he's had two weeks to prepare for this one so Maybe he finally starts to emerge, but certainly don't think the key is, is going to be throwing all over AM. You got to be able to run on them. That's going to be a challenge with their defensive front. AM's defensive linemen really starting to come on. The key to the game is probably going to be how well South Carolina can stop the run. That's something they certainly weren't able to do against LSU. They're about one of the only people that uh, let. LSU run wild. The rest of the teams have kind of stuffed LSU on the ground. Mm-hmm. So that is going to be just key to this game. I think Kellen Mond will come back down to earth a little bit watching that Arkansas game. But man, he was just so sharp. And maybe he plays like that the rest of the season. And if he does, Texas A&M certainly SEC contention. You know, of course, Alabama's got a lead on him, but college football playoff contention. If Kellamon continues to play the way he did against Arkansas, I think they'll blow South Carolina out. But I don't see it, Shane. Mm. I'm going upset special Uh of the spread. Texas A&M 31, (laughs) South Carolina 24. So we're we're only four points different there. But, yeah, I think Texas A&M wins it. But I don't think, even though they're a very good team, I think it's going to be tough going on the road. With two weeks to prepare, this is one where I think the Gamecocks are going to, just like we saw them playing tough tough as hell against Auburn, I think we're going to get that Gamecock team. And I I think they're going to they're gonna make it a four-quarter game. I just like Texas A&M to pull it out in the end. Eight in a, mm. eight in a row, or four, or excuse, I just said a bunch of numbers. Seven <laughs> in a row for the Aggies here. All right, 20, 28, 28 B, bingo. Um, <laughs> let me ask you, Mike. Uh, uh, <laughs> look at looking at this game because we we've got it close. Both of us got it really close. What what does South Carolina have to do to win this thing? They've got to establish the run. 
and yeah. and stuff. Um, Anaya Smith and Isaiah Spiller, which, I mean, it sounds simple enough, but Texas A&M's offensive line behind maybe only Alabama and the SEC, they are just playing out of their minds. They're, Kellen Mond did not even get touched against Arkansas. And in the second half of the game, that was the difference. They were just they just leaned on the Arkansas Razorbacks, and they couldn't stop them. Mm-hmm. If they if if South Carolina figures out a way, and they've got talented defensive linemen, and I I love Tracy Rocker, the defensive line coach. So he's got to have those guys ready to play. It's going to come down to that line of scrimmage, and South Carolina has got the talent. I don't know if they have the experience. They've not shown it, but if they can dominate this game on the line of scrimmage, they're going to win it. All right, let's play let's, one more question, Mike. Little devil's advocate here. Mm-hmm. If uh, South Carolina loses this thing, right. what's what's the repercussion? Are we have will we have a quarterback controversy going into next week? Is you know, is fire the must champ? Is that going to be the trend again? Is what, what what's going to be the 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 effect of them if they lose this game? Mm-hmm. Well, certainly you're going to see that from the fans. They're going to say that anyway, but mm-hmm. now it's a top 10 team coming into your place. It's almost like if they if they lose it by a little, they're like, well, Muschamp can't win the close ones. You know, coaching <laughs> costs them yeah. again. If they get blown out, he's just a horrible coach. But, no, I don't read too much into losing to a top 10 team. Hell, this is the SEC, man. It's going to happen. So, yeah. no, I don't, I don't think it's doom and gloom okay. just yet. Now, get back to me maybe next week when they got Ole Miss, I believe. That – I know Ole Miss is firing all cylinders, but that's a little bit different story. Ole Miss is not in the top yeah. ten. You know what? I got you. All right, man. Hey, Shay. Well, before we move on, let's uh, remind the listeners we're brought to you by MyBookie, the online sports book. Head on over to MyBookie.ag today. All new customers receive a 100% deposit match up to $1,000. That means if you're a new customer to MyBookie.ag and you put in the promo code that. S-E-C, that's T-H-A-T-S-E-C. They will match your initial deposit up to $1,000. So you could potentially start with $2,000 to gamble on, Shane, immediately. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. got this college football firing up. We're going to get into some some picks here. But, man, I'm just fired up that college football is finally here. And the only thing that makes football better, in my opinion, is drinking some beer and betting all these games. So <laughs> head on over to mybookie.ag. Once again, that promo code is that SEC over at mybookie.ag. Thousands of cross sports, wagers, props, parlays, all that. Winning season begins today only at mybookie with that promo code that SEC. All right, Shay, moving on to the game. I know you cannot wait for here <laughs> night, the other night game, Tennessee at Arkansas on the SEC network. 7.30 Central, or excuse me, 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central. The Vols favored by two, according mm-hmm. to my bookie. Who do you like in this one, Shane? Mm, you know, like I said, and I've been saying, Arkansas, Tennessee, a lot of similarities with these programs. Just in where they're at in their conference, where they're with their head and I, I really do think they're both on a, an upward trajectory it's just who gets there first um there's things that i like about both both sides i, I love arkansas's tenacious defense i love what they've been able to piece together the last uh first few weeks now last week was a little you know that like i 
there was a little bit of exposure. There was a little bit of uh, depth issues that, that really haunted them. And unfortunately for the Razorbacks, the tape's out. And these Tennessee volunteers have had two weeks to think about it. And this is this is a team that is back against the wall. They need a win bigger than anybody. Now I know they've they've already came out and said Garantano's the quarterback, but I've also heard rumors that that Brian's pretty close. That there's going to be packages. Brian comes in. Mm-hmm. That th- there's a chance that we could even see Harrison Bailey. I, I think I think the leash is ex- really short. They weren't prepared to go to a backup quarterback in the first five games, but I think they are now. So if number two can't get it done, it wouldn't surprise me if, if another quarterback's in there slinging the rock. So I think that what wins this game, though, is on, on Tennessee's defensive side. And they've got some boys getting up healthy. They've got some things that they've they, – they've had an opportunity to look at the mirror and, and adjust their roster, or do they have the best 11 on the field? And I don't know if they have in, in the first five games. They just kind of patched this thing together after the first two weeks, and, and it's, you know, it's kind of bit them in the ass a few times. So I just think what, what really helps the Tennessee Volunteers is, like I said, had an extra week to prepare and get healthy and Arkansas kind of limped into that game last week, and I think they're going to be limping into this one. Even though it's at home, I still like the Tennessee Volunteers to win and cover. Yes, sir. <laughs> and Arkansas, don't worry, I'm I'm 90% wrong all the time. But Tennessee, I got you, 28. Arkansas Razorbacks, 21. Why do you hate the Razorbacks, Shane? <laughs> I love when you ask. You always ask me that. Uh, I don't. I don't hate them, Mike. I really don't. In fact, I, if you've been listening, I pick them quite a bit. It's just the problem is, like I said, they're just they're healthier, mm-hmm. and uh, Arkansas's. You know, they're tired, and that that I'm just I'm afraid for them in the third and fourth quarter when when we can really just lean on this running game and get behind our big hogs running on the offensive line. I, I think that's that's what's been missing is just mm-hmm. the chemistry up front with those five, and I think they got that right. And uh, I, I, I expect a heavy dose. I mean, you heard Coach Pruitt talking about not, not just Eric Gray and, and Ty Chandler, but he's trying to get other running backs involved too. So I, I – fully expect and you've even heard sam Pittman talk about it that that cheney loves to just if he could run every time that's what he's going to do and i think that's what they're going to try to do against arkansas and arkansas has shown that they've been vulnerable to the rush mm-hmm. yeah and if you go back to that texas a&m game that's where that game was truly won in the late second half of that game like i said that the offensive line for texas a&m just had their way with arkansas much like Tennessee could do, but the key to that, I thought, was Texas A&M really making Arkansas respect the pass in the first half. I mean, Kellamon, he was throwing it all over the field in the first half, and it kind of, it just made it to where, you know, the Razorbacks had to, they just had to respect the pass because he was playing too mm-hmm. well. So that... Could be a key difference here because we all know Jared Garantano, you just don't know what you're going to get. Is he going to be able to get the Razorbacks to respect you know, the, the throw game here? Because if I'm Barry Odom, I'm stacking that line. I'm making Jared Garantano beat me. So for me, 
You know, it's, I think it's too simple to say the running game. I need to see with two weeks to prepare. We've already seen Jalen Hyatt start to make a name for himself. I need to see a guy like Malachi Weidman, Jimmy Callaway, Jimmy Holiday, one of these other receivers. I, they don't need to take over the game. I mean, that's crazy. We just need we just need mm-hmm. one of these guys to catch one pass <laughs> way down the field. You know, uh, right. Run a couple go routes. Let let Arkansas stack the box and then throw over the top of them. They have the receivers to do it. They're young. They're true freshmen. Maybe that's mm-hmm. maybe that's why Tennessee's not been throwing them out there. But we've seen him do it with Hyatt, and he's made defenses pay. So Arkansas is going to be keyed in on him. I think Tennessee, outside of uh, Jalen Catalong, they should have a real advantage in that in that aspect. They're tennis, Tennessee receivers versus Arkansas defensive backs. It's going to be those guys. It's going to be the the game. I think is going to be decided right there. Arkansas is going to have some success against this Tennessee defense based on what I'm seeing. They're playing really well. Kendall Bryles is calling a great game. I don't know, though. I don't totally agree with you when you when you say maybe the across the board, the, the 22 on the field, not that big of an advantage. I think it is an advantage for Tennessee. Yeah. So if they lose this game, it comes down to coaching. And Arkansas does have the coaches to get this thing done. But I think Tennessee does too. So this was like a coin flip game to me. I was convinced at one point Arkansas was going to win it. Now I'm not even convinced, but I'm picking Tennessee. And I'm not, this seems like one of those sucker bets where I think they're going to cover too. So I'm going with you, Shane. I think it'll be a little bit more high scoring. I'm going Tennessee 33, Arkansas 30. And we know, uh, Brent Somagli, he's not having a, you know one of his best seasons. Still a great kicker. Arkansas, their kicker, he's been kind of hit or miss here lately this season in his first year there with the Razorbacks. Mm-hmm. I think that could play a factor in the game too. So Tennessee has that edge in the kicking game. That was kind of part of my factor there to give him that three-point advantage. I think this game could come down to a kick. Yeah. Well, you may be right. All right, Shane, final game, the one we've been waiting oh, wait. for. Hey, Mike. Yes, sir. How many games have we done? Uh, this this will be our fourth and last. Fourth and last. Have I have I locked anything up yet? No, neither have I. Uh oh, <laughs> baby, we're gonna lock the the world's largest outdoor cocktail party game. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we got a little bit of a hype video here, Shane, narrated by Georgia cocktail party legend Lindsey Scott. Gonna throw and a run, complete to the 25, 50, 10, 5, Lindsey Scott, Lindsey Scott! The Georgia-Florida rivalry really insinuates what college football is really about. The stadium trembles and cracks a little bit. The winner of this ball game is either gonna go to the championship or they're not. They don't eat, that goes through here! This is a big game. This is a big game. It's always been that way, and there's nothing different about it this year. Nobody's going to give you what you deserve. You take what you deserve. It's intense. It's intense. And you've got some proud fan bases, man. It's played at the neutral site. You know, it's half and half. That's what makes it so much better. You walk you represent the beat. That's what you represent. You've got to be able to treat it just like another ball game, but it's not another ball game. Florida is the team that you have to beat on a yearly basis in order to get where you want to get. Come out swinging! Come out swinging! Today, it's about this. Who 
Well, in a sense, it is a championship game. The winner of this game is going to go on and hopefully fulfill their goals. And the losers are going to go home. He breaks away. It's caught by Mastercross. Is on the field right now. It's gonna be a fight. Alright, Shane, so that was a great hype video. Can't wait for this game. Third year in a row. These both these teams have been rated in the top ten when they meet. Georgia. Well, how how this is how great the series is, Shane. These two schools can't even decide on how many times they've played. Georgia mm-hmm. says it's 53 43. Yeah. Florida says it's 52 43. They both admit Georgia's got the lead, but can't agree on how many times. There's two ties in the in the series as well. Georgia's won three in a row. Who do you like in this matchup? God, I wish we could find the history lesson on this one because I, I did talk about why the discrepancy in the in the games. But <sighs> you know, history is behind you, Mike. <laughs> let's, let's talk about the present. And the present is we've got two really good ball clubs here. We've got two really good coaches. We've got just. This is it. This decides the SEC East. This one decides who plays in Atlanta, probably against Bama later. And I've gone back and forth. I don't know about you, Mike, but this one, this has been, this was a tough game to choose. If especially two, three weeks ago, I think I would have went the other way. Mm-hmm. But oh man, and it, it, you talk about sucker bets. That's what this one feels like because. <laughs> I'm looking at this Georgia Bulldog roster, and I'm not happy. I'm not happy with what they got and what they're doing with the talent they have. I, I, I don't. I still don't think the mailman's the answer. I love it. It was a cool story, but it seems like we should have moved on after week two or three. Uh, we should have. We have five star talent that we could put back there. That's not five foot eight and can't throw over the offensive line. You know what I'm saying? Right. We've we've got wide receivers on that roster that that should be explosive, and we shouldn't be reliant on just one guy. And the this offensive line's legit. We've got running backs other than Zeus. I've seen Cooks coming coming up lately, but it's it's it seems like he's almost just a just a toy that we're going to do a little four or five yard pass with him every now and then. It's it's like I want to see more mix up in the backfield. I don't like how this offense is being constructed. But if I had if I had all the, those weapons, damn, it feels like I could have this offense humming. It really does. And you factor in the best side of their team, the defense, they're limping into this thing. We I don't even know who's who's going to be active or inactive in this game. There's there's so many question marks on on, on the line. There's so many question marks in the secondary. It's just it's, it feels like your strongest piece, the, what you've relied on this entire season, is uh, is going to be a little handicapped coming into this game. And now you look at the Florida Gators, a team that feels like is getting stronger since that A&M matchup. Though they have totally rebounded. When you watch that Mizzou game, these boys were firing off on all cylinders. Kyle Trash showed why he's the best quarterback in the SEC. Uh, and it's not just Pitts. As soon as you focus on Pitts, they got Tony. Georgia could do the same thing. Georgia has those type of weapons, but we don't know them because we haven't used them. And it's going to be too late in this game, Mike. I just This is my lock of the week. Uh, I've been kind of hinting at it all week because I just think Georgia has 
all the tangible pieces to be a fantastic national championship team, but Kirby is screwing it all up. I'm I'm out on Kirby right now. He may surprise me. I may be totally wrong on this thing, and they may come out fired up with a vengeance because that's what they did last year. But I still I think Florida I I think I think Florida gets the victory here. Mm. I've got the score upset thirty one Florida Georgia twenty four. I think Georgia holds it for a long time. But once that offense gets going, once they start clicking, the Bulldogs will not be able to keep up because they've not practiced with their weapons. And I, I'm just, again, I'm not sold on the mailman. So you're locking up the Gators, right? Oh, locked up, buddy. $100 on the Gators. Congratulations, Georgia Bulldogs. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me why I'm wrong, Mike. Tell me why I'm wrong. Because Kirby, uh, he owns Dan Mullen. Last time I checked, for whatever reason, this uh, the offense doesn't get going against Kirby's awesome defense. They've, they're down some pieces, but last time I checked, they're replacing them with some five-star talent. They got Zeus is running the ball well. This defense, or excuse me, the offensive lines playing really well. Stetson Bennett. You know, I'm not done with them. I see. I certainly see the criticisms. I don't think you can win a national championship with the guy, but if you got, you know, more talent across the board, I think you can win damn near every every game you're uh, going up against someone outside of the maybe an Ohio State or Clemson or Alabama. I think just about to, across the board, Stetson Bennett can lead this Georgia team to a victory. But which team is going to make the fewest mistakes in this matchup? Who's going to make the big plays? It's, I think the streak is 14 years in a row. The team that rushes for more yards has, has won this game. I think if you're going off that, I think Georgia will probably lead this game in rushing because I don't know if Florida's going to be able to rush on them. They certainly couldn't do it last year. They were It was like running up against a brick wall. Yeah. But one of the best things I heard all weekend, or excuse me, all week, Kirby Smart was asked about matching up with Kyle Pitts. Everyone is uh, now, we've been singing the praises of Kadarius Toney long before he had his two-touchdown week. We thought he's a playmaker that they, you were specifically, I remember time and time again, so we need to get this guy the ball more often. That's coming through. Everyone's kind of getting dazzled by what he did against Missouri. But I think we all know the real matchup nightmare is Kyle Pitts. And that's what Dan Mullen was asked about. How do you match up with this guy? And he's just a nightmare matchup because it's there's no way to do it. I mean, it's not on defenses to match up with the guy because Dan Mullen is so good at putting his players in the right spot. You can put them on the line of scrimmage, and then you're forced to – Georgia will be forced to use a linebacker. And then you could kick him out right. towards the numbers, and now you got a mismatch. You could, mm-hmm. you could throw him out to the hash – you certainly can't put a linebacker on him there. So it's all about how Dan Mullen ch- chooses to use Kyle Pitts. And then Georgia has to respond. It's like a chess game out there. And I think this is the year it finally happens, Shane. And a big reason why is Kyle Trask is playing such good football right now. And it's night and day different from what Stetson Bennett is currently doing right now. Florida should have a massive, massive advantage at the quarterback spot in this game. Todd Grantham's defense, I know it keeps catching hell. I keep saying, you know, stick it with them. It certainly worked last week. I know Missouri's a different animal, but maybe not because 
Who knows? George Pickens may not play. Stetson Bennett may be throwing some picks. I think I think Florida's defense shows up here again. So I'm like Uh-oh. you, lock of the week. Florida <laughs> gets it done, 28 to 24. Lock of the week. Congratulations, mm. Georgia Bulldogs. <laughs> you probably just pulled this thing off. Oh, man. Why Why do you hate the Georgia Bulldogs, Mike? I just don't understand. I hate that I'm they're favorite, kidding. to be honest with you. If, this is one yeah. of those games where Florida was a favorite after losing so many to Georgia. I'd probably mm-hmm. pick Georgia because I yeah. think this will be a really good game. Georgia always plays Florida well. They're in their heads. And, and Kirby Smart – has never lost to Dan Mullen. I mean, these are the games where, you know, how many times have I picked Georgia to beat Alabama? Mm -hmm. But in the end, it's always, you know, they can't get over that hurdle. They can't get over that hurdle. Now, this is the the same thing reversed. Florida cannot get over this Georgia hurdle. If they don't do it here, that's why why I think this is such a huge game for Dan Mullen and company because if they don't get them now with freaking Stetson Bennett as a quarterback with – all these players out on defense with George Pickens limited with uh, it seems like they got no weapons outside of George Pickens on uh-huh. offense at the receiver position. If you can't beat this Georgia team, you are never going to do it. So mm. I'm, I'm throwing all the chips in on Florida here, get it done now or get the hell out of here. <laughs> well, I, I just, the reason I chose, and I, I know a lot of you guys, realized how frustrated I was with Georgia last week with Kentucky. I just, I felt like that was an opportunity to get ready for this game and they blew it. They didn't even try. They didn't even, you had an opportunity to mix things up. Uh, Clearly Kentucky was not going to score. So if you're going into that game, knowing that the big blue nation was going to get zero points on the scoreboard other than field goal clearly, but it was like you could do anything with your offense. That was the perfect time to to try something different, to mix things up, to stretch your legs and see what kind of weapons you got around you and, and, and make your offense not so one-dimensional and boring as hell because you can't do that. If they think they're going to go in there and just hand the ball off to Zeus 30 times, they're not going to win. This is it's going to require some innovative play calling. And I just thought they blew it by a tune up game against Kentucky. And that's why I'm out on them right now, because here's what's what I feel like is going to happen. I feel like this thing's going to be tight at first. Georgia's going to be aggressive. Georgia's going to the defense. I I guarantee it. They're going to there's going to be a couple of drives. They they go through. They make Florida go three and out. But there's going to be a moment in this game when they overlook one of their weapons, whether it be Pitts or Tony or – I mean, hell, there's there's plenty of weapons on Florida Gators. And next thing you know, it's a touchdown. And then it's another touchdown because Georgia has shown that big plays, they're, they're, that's their downfall. They do give them up every now and then. You watch the Alabama game. You watch the Tennessee game. I know they, they looked really good Tennessee, but they gave up a lot of 50-50 balls. And, and I just think that – Georgia blew the opportunity, and once they get behind, they haven't proved to me that they can keep up. Mm-hmm. So that's why that's why I've got the Florida Gators win this thing. Well, Shane, I can't wait to find out. I think I think it's going to be a hell of a weekend. We don't have a ton of games here, but I think a lot of mm-hmm. these could go down to the wire. The only issue, we already covered it, 
They screwed up his game times. <laughs> Get that yeah. fixed, SEC. That's the only complaint <laughs> I got. But, uh, hell, you put them all on at the same time, I'm going to watch them one way or another. It just won't be at the same yeah. time. So, fired up for some football, but that's all I got. You got uh, – don't we got some reviews here before we jump off the line? Yes, sir. Let's go ahead and get those in for the Georgia fans start messaging us. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, like I said, Mike, we've we've been wrong more than we've been right. So I'm sure George fans are probably happy. It's the Gator fans that may be coming <laughs> after us. But uh, I do got some reviews if we could do those, Mike. Yeah, let's do it. All right, first one comes from K Shelton twenty one. My kind of guys, five star. This is a great podcast for any type of SEC fan. They offer some good humor as well as in-depth analysis of the teams and the games of the week. They do a great job of covering all the teams and not staying dialed in on their own respective teams. Highly recommend. Well, K Shelton 21, I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, Shelton. Next comes from Z Martin 30. Love this pod. Five star as a Southern boy living in Southern California. This pod is good for my soul. SEC football is king there, and listening throughout the season lets me feel the passion for college football that doesn't exist in Southern Cal. <laughs> Thanks, boys, and woo pig. Well, Z Martin 30, I appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate you, Martin. I know what it's like living out there in Southern Cal and being an SEC <laughs> fanatic, so uh, thanks for hopping on with us. That's awesome. Next one comes from Georgia Dog 1982. Time well spent. Five star. Always entertaining and interesting. I could listen to these guys all day long. Well, Georgia Dog 1982, I appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you, Georgia Dog. Don't take this review off because we picked Florida. <laughs> Next one comes from In Saban We Trust. Killer name. One of the best SEC podcast five stars. I enjoy the knowledge the Mike and Shane share without biased opinions, not to mention their hilarity is unmatched. It's truly a top-notch podcast. Rotai. Well, in Saban, we trust. I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, Saban. Next one comes from Big Dog. What if it was Saban? <laughs> Next one comes from Big Dog in New England. Seriously, entertaining comedians. Five star, always great. I start my day with daily dose of vitamin SCC. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love it. We're going to coin it and rip that one. Mike does a great job putting the program together, and Cousin Shane brings his passion. Definitely has helped expand my interest in the SEC football beyond Georgia and the traditional rivals. Go dogs! Well, Big Dog in New England, I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, Big Dog. And it's nice to hear people start the day with. That's why we throw it out there early in the morning. I think I think that's working. Absolutely. Next one comes from Cahill182. Perfect combination of football. And I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know what the rest of it says, but uh, it stops right there. Five star awesome podcast that is ideal combo of hardcore football and comedy. I can count on great coverage of the SEC football while getting my fair share of laughter for each day. Fantastic stuff, guys. Keep up the great work and go Gators. Well, Cahill's Gonna love this pod, Mike. Appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, K Hill. Next one comes from JPHEL. A lot of stuff going on there. The best college football <laughs> podcast available. Five star fun with great insight. Well, JP, I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, JP. Uh, Elemental P. <laughs> see what I said? A lot of symbols there. Next one comes from Breda One. Great way to start the day. Five star. No coach speak here. Only unbiased reviews of all SEC teams. <laughs> Love the content and commentary. Keep it up and go dogs. 
Well, Breda, I appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you, Breda. Next one comes from Dat Zed, Minnesota Tide. Five star. If you love SEC football and you ain't listening to that SEC podcast, then I have a question for your love. Keep up the great work. Roll <laughs> Tide. Well, Dat, I appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you, Dat. About ran out of wind there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next one comes from Jay Wizzy. Oh, Wheezy. That's, that, that was me. Pig Suey, five star. As an Arkansas fan, this is one of the few play platforms I can listen to and has non-biased opinion on my hogs. Needed some outside opinions to keep me from max betting the hogs money line and A&M this week. So if I lose my car, I'm telling my wife, you don't talk to me into it. <laughs> Hey, they did cover the spread. So, Jay Wheezy, enjoy your car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, Wheezy. <laughs> Next one comes from a lot of C's. G and a C again. A lot of numbers. Ha, five. I think he did that on purpose. Love these guys. Cousin <laughs> Jake kills me. G-H-G. What does that stand for? Mm. Man, he's just really messing with me. Or she. G-H-G. I'm sure it stands for something, and I, I don't know what it is. But any rate, Mike. We appreciate you. Appreciate you. <laughs> Absolutely. Next one comes from UGA Lifer, dog listener, five star. I'm a UGA alum and diehard dog, but I enjoy listening to these guys. They're up to fr- up. They are upfront about their favorite teams, but are fair in their analysis of the other SEC teams. Well, UGA Lifer, I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, UGA Lifer. Next one comes from Go Hogs. 42 good stuff five star dudes are funny they know their stuff and speak in a common way which is perfect i don't want to listen to them talking heads on the broadcast shows i want guys to talk to me like my buddies good stuff well go hogs i appreciate you yeah appreciate that you don't have to ever worry about us uh making it that far they they would never touch us with a 10 foot pole <laughs> that's right <laughs> uh, thanks for no not putting any big words in there next one comes from bulldog nation for that sec podcast five star only podcast i can tolerate outside a couple uga podcasts some of which is too disney for me also mike and shane do a great job and covers everything sec football well bulldog nation Four, i appreciate you yeah appreciate you bulldog next one comes from d and aggie this five-star review is for Cousin Shane. Five-star. <laughs> you want a five-star review, Mike? You got to make better sense of your power rankings. <laughs> A&M is still ranked after Florida, and we beat them on the field and dominated the stats in that game. Come on, Mike. What's the reason for playing them Playing them in results on the field doesn't matter. Thanks for the laughs and good analysis, Cousin Shane. Send me koozie, boys. Giga, well, David, I appreciate you, and that's why I don't have a power ranking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, appreciate that, and uh, I've said this many, many a time, but I'll say it again. Power rankings are not the standings. Those are out there if you want to look at those, but I rate these on, if these two played on a neutral field tomorrow, who do I like winning the game? Right now, I got Florida number two, Texas A&M number three, ahead of Georgia, so I don't think I'm totally disrespecting them, but I get why people get confused that game was in College Station. I think the home field played an advantage. I think if they played again tomorrow, neutral field, Florida wins that game. But set it up, Mike. Walmart parking lot. I want to see it. A and M fans have a point that they got. They have uh, 
you know, the right to be upset because they beat them. But, hey, that's just how I have it. And I don't know. I'm just not changing it until we see you on the field on yeah. Saturday. You know what? Well, and honestly, A&M's got an easier shot getting in the college football playoffs in Florida. So we, there may be a chance we do get to see it. If Florida wins this one and wins the SEC championship, I think both teams get in. So mm-hmm. uh, very, very, very interested. And, and who knows? We may get that rematch on a neutral side. Next one comes from MSE 2021. Great show. Five star. This is an excellent podcast. I enjoy how you guys do a thorough explanation of each SEC game and even break down the game in a way where people can understand. I look forward every week and listen to y'all's podcast. Roll Tide. Well, MSC 2021, I appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you. You know, that's the theme here, Mike. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you guys talk like idiots, you know? <laughs> that's all right. Because I, 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 y'all buddies, y'all family. So that's what that's the way I talk to to my cousins if they walked in here. So mm-hmm. thanks and gig them. That's a cool name. Finally on the Aggie train, five star. Love this podcast. Always so entertaining. And let me get excited for them gay de- game days. Gig them. Well, thanks and giggle. I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks and giggle. Next one comes from Grojack. Sue. <laughs> this podcast is one of the bright spots for my week. I thoroughly enjoy Mike and Cousin Shane dissecting all things SEC. An unbiased, mostly, conversation is what every fan <laughs> should use. Good luck to the ball homers this week. Woo pig. Well, Growljacks. I'm looking forward to this game, too, and I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, Well, How happy are they that I picked Tennessee? <laughs> oh, they're loving it. Last but not least, Mike, this one comes from Seattle Seahawk. <laughs> <Cool thing. laughs> SEC Podcast Five Star. Man, there's nothing better than listening to these guys talk while I'm working out. Wait. While I'm out working. <laughs> Let me do that. Okay. I talk while I'm out working. As a Razorback fan, I appreciate Mike always showing us some love. And I guess Cousin Shane is my cousin now. Woo pig. Well, Cousin Seattle Seahawk, I appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you. And I, we appreciate each and every single one of you. That's why we send you a beer koozie free of choice for giving us one of those five-star written reviews. If you haven't gotten one of those yet, reach out to us. We're at that sec podcast at gmail and we got uh, obviously twitter reddit all those avenues reach out to shane or i and uh, you know i've noticed a lot of alabama fans on there we're getting the alabama koozies on friday several of you have already reached out to me so those are getting shipped out immediately the rest of you like i said reach out we've got just about every team covered now so that's just our way of saying thanks looking forward to a big weekend of SEC football should be a great one, Shane. You got anything before we hop off here? Well, man, uh, yeah, real quick. First off, I love the koozie picks. We got a lot of those this weekend. Uh, We've had a couple of koozie picks from the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, so I'd like to see these guys on the road. And uh, if you got them, just tweet them at us. We'll be sure to retweet and uh, show show listeners how much fun y'all having with them things. Now, uh, one thing I did want to bring up real quick, Mike, before we jump off, mm-hmm. is uh, the the records. Last week, we're, we we put out the polls against the points and the spreads. First week, they went 0-4. Listeners went 0-4. I thought, man, this is, uh, is going to be a pretty nice trend. Well, they had a nice rebound, Mike. Last week they went four and two, Ooh. so they only dropped two games. So again, we can work with this. So I wanted to see how they've 
put in this week, so I'd like to read off those results. All right. Absolutely. First one. Um, so just a quick recap, Mike. Florida and Georgia. The spread's what three and a half. Three and uh, a half. Yep. Yeah, I had Florida. You had Florida. The fans also went with Florida. Fifty-two percent. Georgia, forty-two percent. Six percent push. So I thought that's pretty interesting. Next one, uh, Vanderbilt, Mississippi State. I went Mississippi State. You went Mississippi. Did you go Mississippi State? I went Vanderbilt with the oh, points. You went, okay, this one was tight too, Mike. Va- uh, the listeners went Vanderbilt with the points, fifty-two percent to forty-four percent, four percent push. So uh, pretty, pretty damn close there as well. Next one, uh, Texas A&M, South Carolina. This one a little not as close. Um, I picked South Carolina. With the points. Who did you pick? South, South Carolina, Carolina and the points. points. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the listeners totally disagree with us. They think Texas A&M <laughs> is going to burn them Gamecocks. They got them 81% to 18%. Uh, so pretty sizable lead there. And last but not least, uh, the greatest team in the nation, Tennessee Volunteers and Arkansas. I went Tennessee uh, against the spread. You went? Tennessee and the points, too. Tennessee and the points. It just goes to show I really don't listen. I'm always thinking about what I'm going to say next. And the listeners went with Arkansas with the points, 62% to Tennessee's 31%. So a little closer, but there's uh, most of them are thinking Arkansas is going to run away with this thing. So there you have it, Mike. We're going to, I'm, I'm very interested. Uh, one week they were really bad. One week they're really good. So, how do they bounce back this week? Is this, a, is this a new trend? So, I'm really looking forward to seeing the results here. I'm looking forward to all these games. I know there's just four of them, but they're going to be fantastic. I really think there's going to be some close games, uh, maybe an upset. You never, you never know. That's what's awesome about uh, college and college football on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, man. I just this is a game I look forward to every year, and uh, I I expect a bloodbath here. So I'm looking forward to it, and uh, I'm looking forward to follow, follow you know, listen to what you guys have to say along the way. Absolutely, we we got to get down to one of those one year. But uh, hey, that's gonna do it. Shade is a long one. I appreciate you joining mm-hmm. me here. I appreciate each and every one of you hopping on, talking some SEC football with us. So we'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. And oh, by the way, again, if you see my poster up at the park, just just know it was an accident. <laughs> oh, all right. See you guys. Go balls.
Welcome into your weekly history report. I'm your host, Cousin Shane. Today we're diving into the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Can't call it that anymore because it promotes alcohol, but it is what it is, man. We know what this game's called, and it's a, it's a long robbery. It started all the way back in 1904. If you were to ask Georgia, it was 1915. If you were to ask Florida, wait a minute, Shane. First time they met, two different years, it doesn't make sense. Well, let me explain. The first time they met was in 1904, but it wasn't the University of Florida at that time. It was known as the Florida Agriculture College based in Lake City. Okay? You with me? It didn't become the University of Florida until 1906. So that 52-0 ass beating that University of Florida took, they don't want to recognize. Do you blame them? Dan Majel, a Georgia sports historian, says that's where Florida was back then. We can't help it if they got run out of Lake City. Okay, now Shane, why is this game held in Jacksonville all of a sudden? Let's go up, 1933. It's the Depression, all right? They're holding this game in Jacksonville for one reason and one reason alone. It was easy to get them by train, okay? You gotta remember, times were tough. So they had to make this game easy accessible, and they did. And every game that they had was sold out. That's huge. Notre Dame and Southern Cal lost ticket sales by 50% because like I said, times were tough. So they kept playing there. Now we moved out of the depression, but it still has a lot to do with money. Okay, go with me here for a second. University of Georgia makes about, on average, $2.3 million for every home game they have. So if they did a home and home, they'd make 2.3, give or take, every other year. Now playing at a neutral site, the Georgia Bulldogs will make, on average, $1.8 million every year. That's $3.6 million every two. So you, you, you with me here? It's over a million dollars. So you could say what you want. It, it, it's, it's about the money, okay? But why is it called the world's largest outdoor cocktail party? Well, that's because of a guy named Bill Kessel, a Florida Times Union sports columnist in the 50s was covering the game, spotted a drunken tailgater after, after the game, offer a drink to a policeman. Wrote it in the article, the name stuck. Now you know why. They call it the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? Hey, buddy, what's going on? Hey, your fan's on. Oh, yeah, shit. Damn it. You want me to do that intro again, just so it sounds better? Yeah, yeah, it sound, I mean, it sounded like you were getting a pretty sweet blowjob there. <laughs> 